Hey everybody, my name is Graham Parker, and you're listening to the Around Pickens Podcast. Well everyone, I hope you're having a good Labor Day, if you should happen to be listening to this on its release. But if you're not, then good for you. Hopefully you found something a little more exciting to do on your holiday. Hopefully you're not coming back to work with too bad of a hangover and an empty wallet after the three-day weekend. Personally, I will spend my weekend close to the grill. It's something I've been getting into this summer, but it's not a every weekend kind of a thing, not with meat prices being what they are. Of course, I know you don't need me to tell you that the prices of things is pretty much on everybody's mind right now. But what you may not know is that prices are particularly on our minds here at the county government, because we are gearing up for budget season. Yes, budget season, that magical time of the year where you crunch the numbers on this year's receipts and try to use them to guesstimate for what you're going to need for the next one. It's never a fun process, but it is getting a little bit easier this year with some new financial software the county is implementing from Tyler Technologies. It is an exciting and unique time to be part of our finance department, which is what our guest today is here to talk about. At the August 3rd commissioner's meeting, it was announced that Miranda McDowell would be appointed as the county's new finance director. Miranda has years of experience working in financial leadership roles here in Pickens and is excited to apply what she knows here as we transition into some new practices. She was kind enough to stop by recently and give me an overview of her position and the finance department's role in our government. So, without further ado, let's jump in and listen to what Miranda had to say about staying on budget. Well, Miranda, I appreciate you coming out this morning. I can think of no better way to start off the working day than with a penetrating interview. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. No, I, I do appreciate your time. I'm sure you're still getting acclimated to the new department, new position. Absolutely. It's it's definitely been a learning curve, but it's been great. It's been great. How long have you been in the position as of right now? Uh, three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Definitely brand new to it. Yeah, just adjusting. It's fine. Well, um, I think it's always helpful to start off with some background. What What has your career in finance been like thus far, and how did you come to be our new director? Uh, well, I actually started, I took on a, just on a whim, um, a, a position with the city of Nelson, um, which was my first governmental, um, experience that I ever had. And, um, after that, I ended up at the sheriff's office, um, just kind of trying to feel my way around. I had always been in finance, but, um, I thought this would be something different. I always had an interest in government. So once I left the city, which I didn't technically leave the city because I still work with them part time because I really do like the city. <laughs> um, but we, um, I went to the sheriff's office um, here in Pickens and um, was there for six years. And now here I am. Um, during that time, the six years, I, I did a lot of um, training. Um, completed my level one certification through the Carl Vinson Institute of Government, um, as well as my level two. Um, so here I am. Well, so you were doing uh, basically what you're doing here at the sheriff's office. Yes, mm -hmm. correct. Well, tell me a little bit about that. I'm not really knowing much about the finance department. I find it all a little bit nebulous. What <laughs> What are your responsibilities? Okay, so that. Um, well, the county has um, several different funds. You have special revenue funds, you have SPLOST, um, and then you have the general fund. The general fund is um, basically a $33 million budget. Um, so one of the responsibility, the key responsibility is to manage that, that budget um, and financial reporting, trend analysis, um, budget preparation, and all the fiscal 
things that you would normally do in a management position. Um, we have a fantabulous uh, finance department with um, a, a have assistant finance director, as well as accounts payable clerk, um, and then um, a couple other. We have accounts receivables. Um, so we work alongside. It's a great, great department. Um, I'm very, very thankful to be a part of. Again, I'm new. It's, it's only been three weeks, but um, it, it's been great. Glad to hear that. Besides the day-to-day work, I guess that you guys do um, approving uh, financial transactions, I understand that uh, you sort of work cyclically throughout the year, like there's a budget season, an auditing season. Yeah, so we're actually rolling into our um, annual budget season as, you know, finance world. That's what we call it. It's the budget season because it is a season. It's it's several months um, in preparation, working with the elected officials as well as the appointed officials, department heads. Um, It's basically a collaboration between everyone um, to be able to get the numbers where we need to be um, obviously you have to start early and um, with the initial request and then depending upon what those requests looks like um, looks like then you follow through with meetings with those individuals um, and then the budget is actually presented to the board of commissioners so um, it's a tedious process there's a lot of lot of um, things that we have to really look at you know go line mm-hmm. for line so and there's also the auditing process. That's that's another, um, <laughs> we like to call it a season. Um, it's a actually a state law um, that after the end of your fiscal year, within six months, you have a annual audit. So um, one of the things that I know has been a big thing with um, the county and the finance department with the, the previous finance director is going digital. Um, that's one of our biggest accomplishments so far um, is is being able to go digital allows us to prepare year round for the audit um, because there's a lot of data that goes into that a lot of um, documents that has to be pulled and um, alert working alongside the elected officials and department heads we're able to by going digital that allows us to be able to pull that data for that audit so hopefully that's that that season gets a little easier going forward Speaking of going digital, I know that there's some new finance software you're like going to start utilizing. Mm, yes, that that is. Um, I think our software that we're currently using has not been updated since the early 2000s. So that um, that in itself creates a lot of issues, um, redundancies um, within the finance department as well as all the department heads um, in, in how the processes work. So this new system is going to allow us um, – to be able to A, be more transparent, B, be able to control the transactions and how things, it's, it's, the processes are gonna, and they're just gonna improve all the way around. Um, and let's see, that process, we should be going live with our new, um, the finance part of that next month, hopefully, if everything goes well. So far, everything has went great. This is going to make it so much easier working together with at every department um, and office within the county because we are going to be able to streamline and go cloud, and it's going to be great. I'm super excited. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely excited, too. There doesn't take much to improve upon uh, each reef that we're using right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll be one platform instead of two or three, so mm-hmm. it'll be fantastic. It is a challenge, though, I have to say that, to get there. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's <I bet>. a lot. <laughs> but all the department heads and um, offices, they have everyone that has been involved has been absolutely fantastic and, uh, and very receptive. So. Well, good, good. Um, We'd like to circle back to the budgeting process. Um, can you tell us a bit about how it works um, budgeting with elected officials who are not part of the administration? Um, what we do is just um, basically me being the finance director, that's one of my, um, my, my biggest things is I need to be the liaison between the commissioner, the board of commissioners, as well as the um, elected officials and by being that liaison, I am the one that basically reaches out to them and says, hey, you know, what, what, what is your budget? I provide them with all their documents that they need, um, whether it be a yearly, you know, year to date. Um, and then we move forward um, with scheduling any meetings that we need to have corresponding as far as any of the wants, the needs. Um, and then obviously um, setting up those meetings with the elected officials and um, the commission of the board so I got you well let me ask you um, things have changed a bit with our uh, checks and balances as far as finances go in the last few years mm -hmm. can you talk about how um, the internal controls have been strengthened yeah actually you know we've we've really continuously are looking at the policies and procedures that are currently in place um, again circling back to the new system that we're putting into place, um, the new software that is going to help improve that. And as we're going through that, we're also really trying to redefine how our processes look um, and making that easier across the board. But um, as far as our internal controls, again, constantly trying to evolve. We've um, implemented new forms, um, new ways that we process things through our different um, employees, kind of restructured how our employees are and what their responsibilities are to be able to keep redefining that whole internal controls part because that's constantly evolving. So, Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. Let me ask you about another side of the coin, and that's transparency. I know that we have an audit review at the end of each fiscal year, but what are some other ways that we are being um, – transparent about our finances um you know uh, we we really focus on trying to put as much information out there on the web as on our website um that's that's a big key in keeping the financials you know to where people can easily access them um we've uh streamlined the whole open records process if you need to make that request um that's pretty easy um and we're we we try to be very timely in that um, and again, going digital is, is kind of huge in that being able to have that readily available when someone requests it, um, digitally, that that's, that's key. Well, to round out the conversation, can you tell me about the finance department's current objectives heading into September and what your personal goals are coming into the position? Well, obviously this whole software implementation is our biggest goal is, is to be successful. We want to do this right. We want to do it the right way the first time. Um, and hopefully it's going to benefit everyone going forward. That's one of our biggest goals right now. There's a lot of um, data pulling and conversions um, that are that are taking place. And uh, just trying to stay on top of that as well as our day-to-day -day operations, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and of course, you know, we're, we're approaching on the end of the year. So uh, again, just trying to 
keep our head above water right now. But um, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're looking forward to this new software. It's going to be the next six months are just going to be absolutely fantastic. So yeah. Awesome. I know we're all looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. One of my, my biggest goals coming into this position is um, I'm very vested in this county as I'm, I, I live here. My kids go to school here. Um, my biggest goal is to be able to be successful, um, be able to, to really give back to this community um, that I live in and that I am completely invested in and I enjoy serving. Well, uh, Miranda McDowell is Pickens County's new finance director. Miranda, thank you for coming on today. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Just a small look at the big job that our finance team has to tackle each year. Miranda mentioned the department's drive to go digital, and one of the fruits of that is having our county budgets and reports available on our website. You can find those along with other important financial documents by visiting pickensga.com finance, a link to which will be in the description. Thank you again to Miranda for sharing a bit of insight with us, and best of luck to you with everything coming down the pipeline this month. But now it is time to transition to the calendar portion of our show, where we take a look at events coming up around the county. Remember, you can always find information about upcoming government meetings on our website, pickensga.com calendar. The Board of Commissioners will have two work sessions and regular meetings this month, that on Thursday the 7th and two weeks later on the 21st. As always, these will take place at 4.30 and 5.30 p.m. respectively in the Commissioner's Boardroom. Also, did you know the Board had a town hall on the future of Parks and Recreation last week? Well, in case you missed it, you can find a recording of that meeting along with all other county government-related meetings on the No Pickens YouTube channel, where Mary has various boards and authorities on dedicated playlists. Her website, nopickens.com, and the Chamber of Commerce's website, visitpickensga.com, are probably the two best places to find out about community events all over the county. Coming up on their calendars this month, we have the return of Art Walk Jasper. The Art Walk is an event in which businesses along Main Street open their doors to a host of creations by juried artists who will be present to discuss their work and their inspirations. Additionally, there will be food trucks, craft vendors, and a whole host of other attractions as well. I gotta say, I've really enjoyed coming out to these because it feels like each one has gotten bigger and better than the last. So, if you haven't experienced Art Walk Jasper yet, make a plan to come out on Friday the 22nd from 6 to 9 p.m. And at the end of the month, Saturday the 30th is going to be a big date because there are going to be two great events happening that day. The first of which is the Toys for Tots car show happening at Rocco's Pub. In case you don't know already, Toys for Tots is a national program run by the U.S. Marine Corps in which local communities work to distribute toys to children whose parents cannot afford to buy Christmas presents. Saturday's show is a chance for you to contribute either by entering a vehicle or just showing up to watch. For the low price of $20, you may enter a car, truck, or bike to be judged in a number of different contests. However, if you're just there to spectate, your ticket for entry is simply a new unwrapped toy. This is a really great cause to support, so if you are free Saturday afternoon, come out to Rocco's from 11 to 3.30 p.m. to see some cool cars and bring a little Christmas cheer to the kids who need it the most. Then that evening, you have another opportunity to support local children by attending the 10th annual Long Table on Main event. This is a fundraiser for North Georgia Family Partners and Prevent Child Abuse Georgia, both of which have a proven track record here in Pickens. The Long Table on Main is just what it sounds like. From 6 to 11 p.m., a long table will be laid out along Main Street Jasper, where attendees will be served a five-star dinner and cocktails. 
But the night will have more to offer than just food, as this year's theme is Monte Carlo Casino Night, and will have all the usual casino trappings. Whether you prefer blackjack, roulette, craps, or poker, there is something for everyone. And if you're not the gambling type, there will also be some raffles and a chance to bet on some auction items as well. If you have a local business, you can get in and contribute as a sponsor, information for which will be down in the description of this episode. Otherwise, tickets will run $150 per person or $1,200 for a group of eight. Either option is available for purchase on NorthGeorgiaFamilyPartners.org. We'll wrap up now with a question to the chairman, the part of the show where you, the audience, get to ask a question to Chris Stansel. So let's head over and hear what viewers wanted to know. So Chris, our question for this episode is actually directly tied to our last one with Mike Carswell. Uh, this question we got from Tanya Adams reads, Hey there, I like the subject of the most recent podcast, but I'm curious to know more about how ordinances work. How often does the Code of Ordinances get updated? When is it updated? Is that announced to the public? i just like to know a little bit more about how the whole process works. Thanks for all you do. So yeah, Chris, give us the inside scoop. Anytime there's an amendment or something gets added, how does that work? So there's, it, it, it's kind of a broad category because when you look at ordinances, they're not just the enforceable ordinances that the marshal enforces. They also cover your codes, uh, your building codes. All these other things are all within that, that code of ordinances. Um, originally implemented in 1997 um, when Commissioner Frank Martin was, was commissioner. That's when they first came into play. Since that time, there have been periods of time where certain ordinances were amended. Just in the last year, we amended the, uh, the ordinance that established the marshal's office, for instance, to be able to change kind of the scope of the marshal's office. Uh, we had another one that amended uh, another smaller, smaller line item that was just within it. But the process of, of doing that requires a public hearing. So if you, if you pay attention when you see the, the agendas for meetings when we post those, uh, the law requires them to go into Pickens Progress uh, into your, your local organ. So we put those into progress, announcing that we're going to have a public hearing to discuss any ordinance change. And so that it's discussed kind of in a work session type environment. Um, typically, a presentation will be made on the need for why it needs to be amended, um, what the amendment is, and if it changes any kind of penalty that goes along with it. Then at our next meeting, we'll typically have it on the agenda to vote on the approval of amending the ordinance. So there's, there's, there's two different times where that's done. Uh, the most important thing would be paying attention to when those agendas are posted. Uh, we try to do a good part of going above what the law requires and not just put them on, in the newspaper, but also to put them out on social media. I know you, you actually put those out for us so that the public has a way of being aware of knowing what's the agenda for the upcoming meeting. So if you glance at the agenda and you see that there's a, an ordinance revision or, or a discussion on changing an ordinance, then that, that if that's a, a topic that interests you, come listen, participate, be a part. The board kind of receives that feedback during that. And then when the, the next meeting, when it's voted on, after it's done, that information is then sent to um, Municode is the, the name of the, the software program that manages the, the whole state of Georgia. And they will then update it into our code of ordinances. So if you go to our website now and you click on the ordinance tab, you'll see the most recent amended version of, of the entire code of ordinances. And then you can get through it. Um, just for instance, right now we're looking at, at chapter uh, 67 and 38. They're both dealing with land use and with building codes. 
Um, they're the ordinances that kind of deal with that. We're trying to clean those up and, and to, to make them function a little bit better. There's, there's not necessarily conflicts, but if you read in one chapter, it may tell you part of an answer, and then you have to go to the other chapter to see the other. So we're trying to make that an all-encompassing. But it's a real slow revision because those two chapters probably make up more than 50% of our entire our entire code of ordinances. So we're trying to be very cautious to make sure, because every time you fix one thing, you've got to make sure, does it affect all the other pieces that are there? Um, we've had a team within the office over the last several months that have been going through and just trying to review from the daily activity of what they deal with, what that looks like. So there's usually several months worth of research that goes into the draft of, of repealing an old ordinance or, or revising the ordinance and replacing it with a new one. So. Um, it, it varies from time to time. Some are repealed. Uh, if there's, you know, if it's just no longer, if it's an obsolete, uh, ordinance that no longer is in, in, in effect, then those can be repealed. Um, some can be amended where it stays within the same chapter and code section and article, but yet the, the language is amended and that, that language would be part of the revision, or it could just be completely replaced with a new, uh, with a new chapter. So our, our intent right now is to take a look at those two chapters, create one comprehensive chapter that that is simple to, to follow if you're in that, that code. Um, it, there are others that we're working through. We've been looking through different revisions to the animal control ordinances, um, just trying to compare best practices or ordinances matching up with what we're able to enforce. Um, which brings the, the, the other is that you want to make sure your ordinances are actually enforceable ordinances. Nobody wants a bunch of laws that you can't enforce because they're impossible to enforce. So um, those are all reviewed, prepared, presented before the Board of Commissioners and then on, on an individual case-by-case uh, -case basis put into place. I would imagine between now and maybe six to eight months from now, we will be revising several of those that have been, you know, been working on those for, for a significant amount of time. We're just trying to review and, and, and revise those. Uh, but those should be, should be popping up on agendas over the next few months. Well, I've got to say with all the um, planning and thinking that goes into changing that, I can't imagine what it was like in 1997 when they overhauled it. Well, it's, um, I think when you read through and you'll find some reference points where, where some of the language may not have been corrected in a couple places, because I think it refers to a city council on one. So you know that, that at one point in time, there was an original author somewhere. And I think counties and cities throughout started to, to copy um, and use those ordinances to put in place. So it, when you when you dig deep enough into ours, you can find a couple reference points to the, you know, the city council. Uh, which would indicate that there were some of our ordinances came from a municipality, uh, which one I, I couldn't tell you for sure. But um, and, and we're not necessarily trying to do anything different. We're, we're finding other counties that are similar to us um, and trying to pull things that seem to be working really well in those counties. Uh, Lumpkin County is one, for instance, that there's several really, really good ordinances. They're well, well crafted, well written. We're just trying to make sure they apply um, in, in a specific category, it's difficult to take a Metro County and try to apply their ordinances because they're typically designed for a different population group. So we typically are not going South of here, um, on, on the broad overall ordinance revisions. Um, but Putnam County, Green County, Lumpkin County, um, some from up in white that we found that, that we're just trying to pick and choose the areas that really seem to fit our, our community well. Um, and, and then, either 
copy portions of their verbiage or use that as a template to, to build the verbiage off of it. So I think that in 97, they were probably doing the same thing, but 97 was the, the very beginning of the, the World Wide Web as we know it today. So I don't know how much of that was there to search um, like we have the capability of today. It, it's, it's probably way easier. I'm not looking at, at, at code books. We're looking online at, at their section. So uh, it, it, the state did a good job with Municode, though, with... Uh, that one software system keeping up with all the county's uh, ordinances, it, it makes it to where you're looking at the same thing, regardless of what county you're in. So we can go to, to any of our surrounding counties, pull up their their ordinances in Municode and see uh, in the same format uh, how theirs is laid out compared to how ours is. So it, it helps quite a bit. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'll let the audience know, if you're uh, interested in looking at our code of ordinances, I'll leave the Municode uh, link in our description. Perfect. But otherwise, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Round Pickens Podcast. I'm Graham Parker. And I'm Chris Tans. We'll see you around. <laughs>